Welcome to Timely Wisdom with Drs. Alice Bradford, Sarita Wright, Brenda Wallace, Carolyn Carlisle, and I am Venice D. Burns. You can watch us live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Follow us on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube. Today our guest is Dr. Kelly Farrow, Preacher as Person Part 2. This was recorded on March the 2nd, 2021. Dr. Kelly Farrow is back in the house. Yay. Yes, I, I tell you, she is um, real and raw and loving and giving. I tell you, she's all there in the bag of chips. She's known in her community as a preacher, educator, lecturer, mentor, social justice advocate, political voice, and businesswoman. I told you she is a bag of that and all the bag of chips and then some more. She graduated with a Master of Divinity. She has an MBA in human resource management. She has a business, well, what we call, she majored in business and Bible. So she mm -hmm. could go in the church work the church and work the business of the church because you know there are both sides of it. She has a Master of Divinity with a concentration in theology from Alliance Theological Seminary. Also to add to her list of educational accomplishments, Reverend Dr. Kelly has completed the requirements for her earned PhD in education at Capella University with a concentration in higher education administration. In the fall of 2018, Dr. Farrow created and inaugurated, and inaugurated the Circle of Sacred Fire, and she will talk about that today, which is a preaching intensive designed to prepare women of color in ministry in the area of preaching. The Alpha Circle gathered a diverse population of 20 women to focus on the circle's three fundamental principles preaching through the Black church context, preaching with a womanist ethic, and preacher as person leadership development. Come on, I want you to welcome back none other than the Reverend Dr. Kelly Barrow. Hey, hey everybody, how you doing? All right, all right, how you doing? It's good to be, it's good to be back, it's good to be back. Wonderful. Talk, talk to us. How are you doing in these 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 streets? I'm going to COVID streets, um, it's stressful <laughs> in, in these in these COVID streets. Um, it's stressful, but it's 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 getting better, right? So I went on and got vaccinated um, because I just knew that's going to be a requirement, and I, I'm ready to move forward. My my goal and my purpose is always to move forward. And so you don't want to kind of encounter anything that's going to hinder you. Um, I want to go to DR. Like I want to go, I want to go to the Caribbean. I need a vacation. I need a vacation, vacation. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, I just thought it would be good for health wise, um, good for moving forward and being able to travel a little bit um, on my own sense of security. So outside of that, you know, it's been going okay. I'm still in New York. Um, New York is still pretty intense as far as COVID is concerned, but the numbers are coming down. And so, Listen, we're just, we're just trying to move forward. I don't try to engage any people in the supermarket because folks still a little rough 
around the edges in the supermarket. <laughs> I don't know. My grandma told me the other day, folks are just mean to old people. I said, Grandma, no, folks mean everybody because it's in COVID. Um, I think it's just the anxiety and the tension of it. Um, I'm still like, I'm still using my Calm app. I'm still using my Bible. I'm still making sure I don't have to slap nobody. And everybody is good. Like everybody, all things as well. As long as my mind and my heart is fixed on Jesus, as the senior saints say, then we gonna be all right, as the prophet Kumzamar say. So so far, I'm good. <laughs> So, so far, I'm real good. I, I feel like I want to be a, do a Beyonce and do like 7 Eleven, but no, so far, I'm doing okay. Um, I, <laughs> you know, some days, you know <laughs> Dr. Challenge, some days it's like that. Um, some days you you flexing, and some days you're like, what in the world is happening? Um, and so I've been in between both of those. So, my sister, Elizabeth Virginia, and so I've been traveling to see her a little bit, and that's probably the most I've been. I've probably been to Virginia and back and forth. So, at least it's had me feel like. I've been away a little bit, you know, and, and got, you know, and just got out of the house. Other than that, I feel like my neck is fat, though. I'm looking in the camera at my neck. I feel like my neck is fat um, because I haven't worked out regularly. Ice cream is still a whole food group. I keep trying, though. I'm trying to have, like, more salads and stuff. But I, I just be one quesadillas and, 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 and baby with mashed potatoes. I'm, I'm trying. So we getting the, we getting the eating in order. And then we're going to work on the workout parts of sisters. Sisters, just hold on. It's all right. We're going to get it together. We, we gonna, I'm going to walk, get back into walking because my kneecaps are hurting because I'm a little heavier. But it's fine. We still we still beautiful without fat necks. I love I, the realness. I love the realness. <laughs> I mean, we, we all need it, right? Because that's that's the life we live in, right? That's the life we live in. And you don't want to feel bad about it. So I'm still no. beautiful. We're still black. We're still brilliant. We might be 15 pounds heavier. So what? Like, we're going to work it out later. We're going to work it out later. It's not a problem. You know, you are um, so, so giving and so honest. And that's one of the things I love about you. Oh. Uh, I want to talk about um, this preacher and leader and leader identity. Okay. How do you, as a preacher and leader identity to the group um, you're minister, uh, ministering to? How, how, how do yeah? How do you, as a preacher and leader, um, identify to to the group you're ministering to? How do me as a preacher and leader identify? Identify. Mm-hmm. identify? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. You know, I try to just come from places that allow people to see my wounds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the book, The Wounded Healer, always comes to mind. So if they said, if if it was said that Martin Luther King carried around Jesus and the Disinherited by Howard Thurman, um, yeah, yeah. I'd probably carry around The Wounded Healer. Um, something about that book allowed me to understand. And I read it in seminary um, and worked with young people. So I worked in youth ministry when I first got into ministry, even before I was licensed. I was with um, young people. And they taught me something about the level of transparency and authenticity that's needed for ministry. So I think sometimes, and I, I feel like this should be a mandate now for anyone who goes into ministry, work with young people, work people get well, young people will get your life snatched together because they require such a level of commitment and loyalty and transparency. They want to see your wounds. They don't, they don't really want to talk about Romans chapter five first if they don't know that you are really sold out, that how has Jesus helped you overcome? So I tend to try to come from those spaces. Um, I 
told some of the ladies in the circle last week or maybe week before that I tried to, when I'm cultivating, so I'm sermonizing this week, right? And so when I'm cultivating my sermons or I'm cultivating messages, um, I listen to Beyonce or R&B or hip hop. I know that's not holy for some people. They're going to burn me at the stake for that. Howsoever, there is something about the authenticity in that music, whether it be Biggie, whether it be Tupac, because um, I always try to cultivate and remember to bring the girl from the Bronx to the pulpit. So the girl from the Bronx, she grew up in community. She grew up with real friends. Um, we, we're still very tight. There was a sense of loyalty. There was just a commitment and community. And I don't want to forget her. Least I get too far in ministry because sometimes we get you know, the letters behind our name and we become popular, we forget where we come from. And so when I cultivate the girl from the Bronx, she doesn't take herself too seriously, right? She is still that girl from the hood that protects her own and loves on her people and that kind of thing. Um, And so sometime when I'm, when I'm making sure, I want to make sure that voice comes out um, in my sermon, I have to go to those places. And, you know, back in the eighties and nineties, Hip hop when when it was hip hop, I'm not no no shade to Cardi and and Meg, no shade, um, but you know we had the Evangelist Little Kim, you know, and we had you know we you know we had we had we had younger Beyonce, that's just, so we had some music that because I listened to hip hop back then and hip hop today, and the stylization of the stories was a lot more for me was just a lot more authentic. Um, then than today. And so, but still in all, you know, that is where I come from and that is, that's where I am. And so I try to bring that. So, so women will feel comfortable just being themselves. Like if you like Ray Charles, you know, for me, it might be Biggie, but you might like Ray Charles or you might like Anita Baker, or you might like Cardi and Meg Thee Stallion. That's fine. You know what I mean? I can, I can go from Claire DeLune with Divulce, which is classical music all the way to, what I just mentioned, right? And if that's your spectrum, then I think that it's okay to own that. But sometimes society and culture makes us feel like we can't. Like we only have to listen to Kirk Franklin. We only had to listen to the Hawkins. I listen to them too, but but there is a there's a revolution. There is um there are things happening in yourself that music always brings you back to a point is what I'm trying to say. So when I'm trying to identify with a group that I'm ministering to, um, I show, so the same person that you guys see is the same person they see. Um, I try to show up in ways that allow other people to feel comfortable with, with themselves. And if they don't know who they are, they feel like they might've lost their way, which is kind of like what the Phoenix circle is going to be about. Like, we rise from the ashes because we rise from the ashes, right? So the mythology of a phoenix is that that beautiful bird is 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 reborn out of its ashes. And every time it's reborn, it blazes bigger and bigger, right? But when it combusts into flames, it combusts into big, huge flames. And then you have ashes for however many days. And then it's reborn, this wonderful, magnificent bird, right? And so that is, that's the cyclical of how we live and who we are. And so sometimes we do bust into flames, and we do have ashes in our lives, but it doesn't mean we can't be reborn from those ashes. So here's the thing with, with the wounded healer. If we don't show anybody our ashes, if we don't say we bust in the flames on occasion, if we don't say we wish some people bust in the flames on occasion, because I mean, I'm glad the Trump administration is gone. I don't know about y'all. Anyhow, if we don't say things and, and let people under, like, you know, like get a sense of who we are and fill our heart, then no matter where you come from, you can't identify with them. Right. But so I feel like Circle Nation cultivating this space, you know, building this village here 
It's about, hey, you can come as you are. You can come as yourself. You can come if you like pink polka dots and, and, and I like gray business. But you can just come and you can find some other folks here that you can identify with, kick it with, hang with, whatever your word for hanging out is. You know what I mean? It's 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 a it's a mixed community, right? But I, I honestly, I feel like that's what the body of Christ is supposed to be. I feel like the body of Christ is supposed to be a mixed bag of all of us that that really love Christ and is down for the church. So um, I try to do that. I try to just be authentic. I try to show up as my my reasonable self. I think I was on here the last time and Dr. Rita sent me a shirt and thank you for my shirt. Hey, girl. Hey, um, that I might cuss on occasion. It is what it is, um, because to lead the black church can m- make you need a level of cuss words and some gin. Right. Um, and so sometimes it be that way. And that's okay. And that's okay. Now, don't judge me for my gin because you might on it. I might share my flat. No, I'm just playing. But I'm just saying is however you show up. Right. Whatever makes you comfortable. However. um, And and I'm not here to make someone uncomfortable. Right. I'm here to help you find your best self. I'm here to help you cultivate your best self. And so but I I just realized for me and it may not work for everybody. Right. I usually tell people what works for me or works for other people. I try to show up and share with them myself. And so the scripture says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I used to tell folks, well, how people will taste and see the goodness of the Lord is sometimes through your life. But if they bite into you, what they going to taste? If they bite into your life, what, what kind of fruit going to come out? Is it going to be sour, like a sour patch kid? No. Or is it going to be something sugary, something sweet, something, something, you know, maybe even something a little bittersweet, right? A little sweet and tangy. But what is it going to be so that they can taste and see that the Lord is good? Because the, the reality is, if if the Lord did it for Reverend Kelly, then the Lord can do it for me, too, because the Lord is no respecter of person. So that's that's how I try. We um, we talk about <clears throat> this is history month, women's history month. Right. And we're always talking about inequality and equity in the pulpit. How how do you believe we should manage inequity in the pulpit? I, I do think we have to um, for for put my own feelings on the on the line. I do think we have to address it um, and how you address it and and the what it's going to cost you. You do have to count that cost, right? Um, you count the cost because you you understand that whatever in situation you're going to get in that's going to address this inequities that is going to cost you something and you're going to be okay with whatever it's going to cost you. So a couple of years back, um, there was a situation where um, in a church, the pastor was going to hire someone who wasn't reasonably fit to be hired. They was a sex predator, right? And so I had to say something about that because you, I don't think you should bring anybody in the church who is not, who is known for being harmful toward people, Right. Um, when I did that, it was in a public forum. It was, it was a very open space and I'm pretty sure some people had something to say about it because everyone didn't necessarily agree, but my personal conviction was what it was. And I knew what it was going to cost me. This particular pastor could have just blackballed me or he could have, you know, he could have shaded me or whatever, but I was ready to pay that because I was ready to put my life on the line for black women. So, but I had counted that cost beforehand. Right. So whatever was going to be is whatever going to be. If the Lord calls my name, Dr. Chalice, and says, Reverend Kelly, I have called you as a prophet unto the nations. You're going to need to stand here and say this. 
then knees knocking and all, I'm going to stand there and say it because I am still more scared of God than I am of people. I'm still, I don't, I don't know what everybody else is doing, but I'm still, still more afraid of black Jesus than people. And so I'd rather people be mad than black Jesus be mad. And just for the people in the, in the cheap seats, my Jesus is black, always been black. My Jesus come from the hood, know how much got, got the milk costs, where's uptowns. My Jesus from the people. My Jesus is lib, uh, a liberator of the people and breaker of chains. I'm just saying. So for me, Jesus is always black because Jesus is from Africa. Howsoever, because I know people will be confused about the black Jesus thing. That's how we go. So I'd rather make sure that Jesus is pleased than whether or not people agree. And, and you know, Doc, that has that has cost me a lot. But I have gained so much more in that space that the the, the losses are not that great. They do hurt. They do feel uncomfortable. They do leave you wounded. They do leave you disappointed. You have all of the human emotion. But be clear. Stop lamenting. When you get up off the ground, listen, you are fine. You don't look like the hell you done been through. You don't smell like no smoke because you did what God said. I know the way society is set up now, the way church is set up now. It's not popular. <laughs> it's not a popular thing to do what God says. Even if we say that's what we're doing. So in the grand scheme of things, to address it, listen, you to manage it, you have to be clear because after a while, if you don't say anything, it's going to bother you. If you feel like that burns in you and that's the passion in you, it's, it's welling up in your throat to say something. So I think you should count the cost. I think you should be every fight is not your fight. So I think you should understand what is your fight. So for me, racism, classism, sexism, patriarchy, matriarchy, those are my fights. I am clear about what my areas are. Um, so some people might be, you know, you, so some people might be LGBTQIA plus discrimination. It might, you know, so you find what your wheelhouse is and what you're going to advocate for. Right. Um, and if it's women in the pulpit and women being oppressed and not treated well because of <laughs> their gender, which is also on my list, gender discrimination, then you, you thought about that and you thought about ways in which you would address it. And sometimes, Sometimes addressing it and managing it is not always about saying something. Sometimes it's a position you take a stance on because um, not saying anything is equally a response as saying something. So sometimes you hold your words in some areas because that's a more powerful statement than saying something. So there's a level of maturity um, that comes with managing inequities. And and I've, I've figured out until the trumpet sound there's always going to be inequities in the pulpit, especially among um, black women in the church. Um, I mean, it just is whether you're a lay leader or a lay person or clergy. So you have to find your areas in what you're comfortable in managing and how you're comfortable addressing it. And, and listen, if you can't do it and you don't feel like you are ready to, then call a fellow sister that don't got no problem with saying what needs to be said. Cause I got you back. I'm the girl that you took with you to the schoolyard. So I'll meet you, you know, at, you know, cause back in the day it was not even back in the day. I mean, that's how black lives Lives matter and stuff like that. Right. You partner with people or you, you figure out a way to have community be advocate for you or as the scriptures say, let God fight your battles. Um, Dr. Farrah as a follow-up um, to that. Um, so you, you, you're educated, you're established, you're confident. And so in talking about managing inequities, what, what about um, this, the young preacher that's just beginning? 
um, that that really didn't know where else they can follow or go. They feel that they are called to do this, but yet they continue to see what is occurring um, are things that don't necessarily line up what we generally call the Christian mandate or the mandate that has been called. How, how would you address them um, is one of my questions. And then the second question I have is, um, is speaking to inequity worth losing whatever seat you might have at the table? So those Ooh. two questions. Um, so the first one to, 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 to young preachers, I would say sometimes you do have to manage your emotions or manage how you feel until you get with community or are connected to people who can support you and help you. If, if, you're, if you're a young preacher that doesn't have anyone you can reach out to to ask questions to, to how to manage it, I would advise trying to do that first before you, unless, because I'm, I'm going from the, I'm going from the perspective, um, Dr. Burns, that you are new and you're not connected to anyone. And so you're kind of managing that from that way. Right. Because what Dr. Rowe tried to do with Rise Natural Mental Network or with I try to do with the circle is make sure community is developed for people so that they have someone to go to. So I'm coming from this perspective of young preacher not being bridged into community and you don't know. It might be better because the, the way the terrain is now in ministry is really, really rough and hard on young preachers, right? And and new preachers. So th- it, it may be difficult and it may be, and, it, and, it, and I will say this, it more than likely will cause you a level of church hurt, right? It will cause you a level of disappointment um, and try to manage that as best you can. And while you're trying to manage that, Right. With, and manage it, not necessarily by yourself, maybe with some professional therapy, uh, maybe with maybe with girlfriends or, or guy friends who are not necessarily in ministry, someone to talk to. But if you don't, then wait until you do will be key because you, you're going to need a supportive community. It's hard to manage. We're talking about things like inequities and we know how right from pay to whether or not you can preach in the pulpit. Those are very those are very hard, hard situations to deal with. Right. Um, and so if you can do that then I would recommend that. So you're putting less harm because be clear, people try to pr- 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 um, play young preachers because they think they don't know. They, they they try to manipulate them and, and misuse them. And so there's a proverb that says, um, if you be silent, no one will know that you're a fool, right? So if you be silent, someone won't know what you don't know, right? Until you find out, like you might have a good inclination that this is wrong or I think this might be kind of wrong, but I'm not sure how to handle it. Let me sit on this for a minute until I can get with someone who can kind of help me and give me direction and then do it that way. I think and that's that's for me looking backwards because I didn't always have that initially in ministry. Right. So I didn't necessarily have in beginning years people to ask questions to. So some things I just remained silent on until I figured that all out. Um, The second part. The second question, give me the second question again, Dr. Burns. But Dr. Burns, I can't hear you for some reason. That's because I put myself on mute. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's speaking, <laughs> it's speaking to the inequity worth losing your seat at the table. I, I don't think I, I I don't think if you if you don't speak to it you have a seat at the table. I think I think people who speak to it are those that have seats at the table. Here's why: um, I am not a big fan of men or women in ministry 
who get to these, um, the they or the supposed big rooms and tables and close the door behind them, right? I'm not a big fan of that. So if I have a meeting with someone, I'm, I'm bringing some of my people along. I'm bringing some people names so I can mention and like I know what they do because the reality is, is how long is your longevity going to be if you out here in these streets by yourself? Like if you really just want to be number one all the time and you don't, you don't want there to be no two, three, four and fives. I, I can't say for certainty that you will be at a table long. Um, also people do know when you are what the Bible calls lukewarm, I may call being a wet napkin or middle of the road. Um, that doesn't have a long shelf life either. At some point you're going to have to pick a side or say something right? Uh, because people don't tend to respect folks who don't have an opinion or they kind of go with everything. Like everything is great. Oh, this is wonderful. Okay. Now, you know, after a while you're like, okay, you might not even trust them because you wonder whether or not if they're really going to be, or they really are solid in who they are, who they say they are. So honestly, Dr. Burns, um, I don't think that you have a seat at the table. I don't think you have a seat that you can hold on to. Now I'm going to be really clear. Sometimes you may say stuff and people not going to like it, but such is life. Jesus says stuff that people didn't like. So you will be in good company. If you say one or two things, that folks might not always agree with. But if you don't have anything to say, I don't know if I'm going to rock with you too long. I mean, me and my team, we probably have way too much to say on a regular basis. Maybe y'all should, y'all shouldn't have me on here, Jesus. I don't know. But I'm just saying that if you don't address at some point the mishandling of people, should you even be at a table? It's okay to continue to watch people be oppressed. It's okay to to watch women on young men or men be misused it's okay to put young lgbtqia plus boys and girls out in the street it's oh that's not okay and so yeah i don't know if you don't have anything to say i don't know if you if you really at the table and if you think you are <laughs> if you think you are i don't know how long you're gonna be there with that old um the bible said you know i'll vomit you out because you lukewarm i think i think that word child that made me afraid that's why i'm still afraid of god you see because god uses some analogies you it's better to be hot or cold than to be lukewarm so for me for your 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 question dr burns like not addressing inequities is lukewarmness and i don't have a lukewarm ministry i don't recommend the bios have one either wow do uh um, I think Walsh is trying to say something, but um, yes, I'm, um, okay. I was I was muted like uh, I muted myself today. I didn't let anybody else mute me. I muted myself, and then I don't know how to find the unmute button. So, here we are. Having with y'all is like it's, it's it's this is really too much fun all the time. Like, this is really, this is really too much fun all the time. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, you know, you know, Doc, Dr. Farrell, that. Um, I'm a CPE educator. So I teach all of that stuff you were just talking about being vulnerable. Mm. Um, so, uh, and how to be transparent. Uh, mm. But it, uh, it's always important to be transparent and vulnerable in a safe place. Mm. 
Yes, yes. So uh, I'd like for you to talk about how you can do both and where that space might be. I will always tell anyone I'm encountering that, um, one, you have to be a safe a safe person to create safe spaces. Safe people create safe spaces. So Ooh, oh, oh, I just had to interrupt you. Oh, oh! okay, go ahead. <laughs> So I'm a safe person. So if y'all tell me something, it's not gonna be out here in these these COVID streets, right? Um, and and I'm and I mean that. And that people have told me some crap, child. I'd be like, you just keep a straight face too, Dr. Brennan. You can't be like blinking. Something. You won't be like, whoa, sis. What? You know, That's um, <laughs> so so if you are go- if you are a safe person, you can create safe spaces for other people, right? Um, teaching people what safe spaces look like is key, Dr. Brenda. So it looks like a person um, who is really more concerned about your well-being holistically, mentally, spiritually, physically, which is why I had said to Dr. Dr. Um, Vanessa that a person, if you can, and I say if you can because sometimes you can't, if you can hold on to how you're feeling until you're able to connect with people that can help you, that will probably be a better situation than going out here with less the wisdom and saying something because you don't know if that's a safe space. And if you get burned, then we going to have to, that we be in the church going to have to figure out the next 10 years of trying to get you back to trusting folk and, 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 and being in spaces understanding. So yeah, every space is not a safe, every, every space is not safe. There are some times when you will, um, I guess what the scripture calls be courageous or be brave or, or go out here with God and, and you will jump. You know what I mean? Because you believe that God is leading you in this situation. That was a very unique circumstances. It comes with a lot of discernment. You mm-hmm. have to know how you hear God and hear God in very unique and specific ways, if that is what it's going to be. So safe spaces and cultivation of those spaces and, and, and learn how to discern or recognize when spaces are not safe. Listen, if spaces are gossipy and shady and hypercritical and um, mean-spirited and um, lack warmth, are unfriendly, are, um, are unkind, those are not safe spaces, right? Um, people who who put who who lie on you or gossip, you you think you told them something, you think it's just between you and them, and they go out here and tell everybody, or, or they say, Well, I want y'all to pray for so and so, because that's how we have to tell them people business on the street. We probably couch it in prayer. Those are not safe spaces. Um, my team and my tribe, we have a model. We want everybody to level up, we want everybody to win, right? So we are happy. And, and celebratory when you get new opportunities or something you really wanted or just when you find like sis every so often you'll find your freedom you'll find your your your, your new place you didn't let some old stuff go and we're happy for that if you tell someone you know I feel like I've been going to this therapist and I got my life and they're like really and with the face too because the face come with the words right is because discern people's body language right, right. discern discern the tones in their voices. And you really excited about, you know, remember this, this, you got your black girl joy with this new therapist and yeah. folks, what you think you're going to do with that? Yeah. That's how they face. But it's also, how do we mm-hmm. identify uh, those traps? Like you were saying, you go out there and speak before you think, 
yeah. or, or speak before you have a tribe or, or speak before you have counted the cost. Yeah. And then you get out there and you're, you, 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 like you say, it takes 10 years to undo that. Some of that hurt yes. and pain. So yeah. talk about how, what are some of those traps that we as women ministers and preachers fall into? Um, we fall into wanting to be popular. We fall into, oh, I didn't got a call with so-and-so and so-and-so. We fall into, oh, I got so-and-so on my phone. I know so-and-so. Listen, y'all, I know a lot of people. Half y'all don't know the people I know. Y'all don't need to know the people I know. I mean, when you, when you name dropping and you degree flashing, oh, I'm Reverend Doctor. Look, I am Reverend Doctor, but I'm not really Reverend Doctors, right? Because can we just talk about this for a second? The degree flashing thing what the hell is that? Like, okay, you smart. So I'm smart too. We smart together. Like, but are you mean and nasty? Because you can be smart and mean and nasty. You understand? Or and are crazy. you and, and crazy? And, and uh, crazy as a box of rabbits in a dark hat. What is happening here? Right? So I don't we we fall into this this upper this upper echelon, this classifications, listen, no, 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 do the work. Whatever your work is, the, the scriptures say, put your hand to the plow and do the work. And don't look back at what was, what pressed forward to the mark of the high calling. So what, what is your work? Because whatever your work is, I, I, I believe, I still read the Bible. I believe the Bible said your gifts do make room for you. There are spaces, opportunities made for you. You ain't got to come in pushing and doing this. And, and I'm not mad at no red bottom. So I'm not shading nobody. I'm saying if you buying it to be seen, so you can be part of the popular. I don't, that's not it. How you be popular, if, if you want to be popular, how about you just be yourself? How about you show up in your full glory? How about that? How about you say your neck is fat and you be okay with that? And you don't really give a darn what nobody think about that. You you know what I'm saying? How about you talk about, you done, You got tired of going to the supermarket. And so when you go to the supermarket, you wear a full hat and, and, and a mask because you don't want nobody ask you to pray for them while picking on a watermelon. Sis! I don't, I don't have no prayer right now. I'm getting the watermelon, right? How about we talk about the things that really go on in our minds and stop BSing people with the nonsense? That, y'all done got me hot now. Because you, it's, it's a trickery. It is smoking mirrors. It's tricks. It's foolishness. And it does not last long. It's not going to be a work that has any kind of legacy to it, that has any kind of credibility to it. We're talking about your credibilities on the line. It's not gonna. It's not gonna have any integrity to it because you're too busy wanting to be seen. The last I said, the last I heard, that if you lift God up, God will draw a men unto you. That's what. I, that's the last I heard. So I, when I'm out here doing soccer work, I ain't even hardly thinking about who the heck is even watching me. I'm thinking about getting women set free. I'm thinking about women feeling safe and secure. I'm thinking about women being educated and women being scholars and women getting what they need. I'm answering text messages at two or three o'clock in the morning because women need help. Because women need help. And if helping people makes you popular, you'll be popular a lot longer than the bull crap you're doing, going to Nordstrom's, spending way too much money on clothes that don't fit and don't look good on you. Listen! Listen! Mm. I'm, I'm serious. I don't have I don't have mm. time for it. And don't be asking me to lay no hands on no devils and getting no devils out. And you do not want to live right. You do not. 
Don't do it to me. I'm not doing it. I'm not praying over foolishness. Right. And I'm not doing it. If you want to get people set free, if you want to be, if you want to be Jesus and flip the tables over, that's the thing I'm on. If you want people to get loose and don't clean out the house so seven new demons could come in. Clean out the house. Now, that's all I'm. And then maybe, maybe if you do all of that, you can find you some little shoes and a dress and look cute. But girl, don't be out here with the not people are dying every day. People in our churches dying, in our pews dying, they on our virtual spaces dying. And all we care about is the next flyer or who's preaching the invitation I got. Girl. No, I'm tired, y'all. I'm tired now. I'm tired. I don't have time for that. It's foolishness and nonsense. It's being deep and spooky. I don't do deep and spooky. I do delivered and set free. I don't have time for this right here. I'm serious. Y'all laughing. Y'all have got me hot in here no, today. We That's, know good. That's good, Doc. That's good. This is absolutely wonderful. You know what I'm saying? Because we we where is the work of the ministry? Where where is where is the mark of the high calling? Where is where is I lay down my life for my friend? Where is that? Where is that? Come on here. Where is or are we preaching to be the next revivalist? Or did you serve the people and God gave you a revival? I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to help us flip the tables back the right way because in some and some we, we y'all know we got Christian celebrities, y'all know we have you know popular celebrity in churches and stuff like that. Listen, I, I'm clear about Dr. Gina Stewart got where she is because she serves the people. I'm clear that Dr. Cynthia Hale is where she is because she serves the people. I'm clear that Reverend Dr. Renita Weems, Kelly Brown Douglas, that they serve the people. I'm clear about that. And so if you want to watch mentor from afar, then if you ain't fixing to roll up your sleeves and get in the dirt to pull somebody else out, then sit your rabbit ass down and stop fooling with people. Stop Wait, fooling with said people. rabbit. <laughs> No, not fooling people. Because people are dying. It's not a game. Salvation, the, the, the scripture says the enemy has come and the, is looking high and to and fro because he has come to sift you like wheat. And we are not teaching them to pay attention. We're not mm-hmm. teaching people to discern. That we're not teaching them that how to get rid of devils in their own house. Right? Girl, if you ain't got no Crisco, no olive oil, melt some Vaseline in the microwave. But get, get the devil out your house. Right? Stop fooling and playing around. But Doctor Dr. Farrell, some of them can't get the devil out because they are the devil. And hell, and then if that's the case, they can't get the devil out because they are the devil. Listen, then don't come to my village because we're not putting up with it. We're not. We're not doing it. I tell people all the time: don't come for none of the minds. Don't come for none of the minds. Don't come for none of the minds. You hear me? For people, don't come for none of the minds. I'm act real ugly because people have. Uh, uh, but Dr. Farrah, can I can, can I ask this question? Yes, ma'am. Um, I'm sorry, man. I'm calm now, down. What, what kind? What kind? How how is it we can get some anointing oil in the microwave? <laughs> you can melt you some gasoline. You heard me? Listen. You know what? Uh, uh-uh. uh. I'm not fooling with birds today. I'm, listen, I'm, not I'm not birds today. Doctor no, so one of my young people, right? A first year off to college. So youth ministry was very, very special to my heart mm-hmm. because 
only had the young people for five or six years before they went to college. So you have to disciple, steward. You got to give them your best work before they go to school, right? So I'm a Sunday school teacher. I got high school. Help me, Jesus. I got the high school. I'm in there teaching my young people whatever they need to know. One of my kids go off to college. She called me one night talking about the bathroom faucet keep turning on by itself. I said, was well, it broken? Like, because, you know, I'm tired. Like, Okay, is it broken? She's like, no. I said, what do you mean to keep coming on by itself? Like, is you need a plumber? Is, is it? Is like it's not slipping? She's like, no. She said, I turn it off, and it turns on. I said, no, wait a minute. So I sat up in the bed. I said, no, wait a minute. What are you talking about? Are you in the room by yourself? And she was like, yes. I said, so you in the room by yourself. You go in the bathroom, and you turn on the faucet, and the faucet, you turn off the faucet, and the, first, and the faucet turn back on, and anybody in there with you? She said, no. I said, well, you got some olive oil? And she said, no. I said, anybody, girl, up and down the, that got some hair grease? I said, she said, no. I said, well, you do ask the, the RA, she got some Vaseline, take your happy behind down to the microwave and microwave it and spray your room and rebuke the devil in every corner. You understand? The child went downstairs and got some Vaseline. Vanessa, she put it in microwave and ain't no more faucets turn off by themselves. You might not always have the good stuff from the supermarket. You ain't got no pressed olive oil. But if it's slick, then you because it's not about the brand of oil, it's about the anointing. Are you oily, Jesus? Are you oily? Try to make sure it's oily for they went away to school. So it wasn't the we understand the oil as symbolism, but she needed the symbolism to see God work, right? So, child, I don't want to be confused in the situation. If you need to melt some mayonnaise, whatever you need to do, you understand. Because the devil ain't picking and choosing who he killing, is he? Y'all trying to buy fancy olive oil. No, no, get you some mayonnaise, get you some Vaseline, get you some hair grease, the green kind or the blue kind. Or the kind. And that you killing me, Doc. You killing me. Make and we're making it. Better. I'm just make saying. Make it do what it do. My God. You know, I, the I, drug don't, I don't want us to, I don't want us to um, leave this without you sharing about sacred fire, the circle of sacred fire. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and go there. Share with us what the sacred fire, circle of sacred fire is, how people can, um, jo- how women can join it, and what, what is the criteria? While well, I go, you do that fire. while I go find my Vaseline. Go <laughs> and mayonnaise. <laughs> my God. My I just God. don't want you to be stuck. I, I want you to have all the resources. I, people get confused. They can't find no Vaseline. They can't find no oil. They think they can't get the devil out. I'm just saying to help you. Um, so Circle of Sacred Fire um, is a, a very personal passion, <laughs> which is why when you're talking about, when you're asking about being vulnerable and transparent and creating spaces for people, um, that is just something that's near and dear to my heart. So it is a preaching intensive for women of color in ministry. And it is designed for women, whether you are in um, lay leadership, whether you are discerning your call to ministry, so you're not in ministry at all just yet. Um, if you're in seminary or if you've been in seminary, we take we really take all the demographics and we cover and we talk about preaching in the confines of sisterhood and community. And we use black scholarship to do it all. And we help we talk about and help women to construct sermons, um, design sermons through your authenticity, 
preach what a woman is ethic. What does that mean? That means doing justice and understanding the narrative and what you're preaching and making sure that if you're preaching about black women, preaching about Rahab, that Rahab's full story comes up. And, and how do you have that be relative to the 21st century day church to help set women and men free in the pulpit and in the pew, right? And have the pew be connective, have the pew be an extended, extended part of the preaching worship experience. Um, and then preachers, person development. So, I mean, you guys always get my full personality and everybody's personalities might not be as um, as animated as mine. But if you are, you know, a little bit more quiet and reserved and we 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 incubate you and like, sis, that's fine, too. If you are a little bit more outgoing, um, we, we cultivate that, too. And then what does that look like in leadership? How, what type of leader am I? Right. And, and and what is my leadership areas and, and where am I comfortable to lead it from? And so we pull you away from all of distractions and we and we, we're doing it on um, on Zoom now um, and we pull you away from distractions and we, we spend three weeks or this coming March the 12th. Uh, that'd be a six week. It'll be a six week class. So we have class every other Friday evening. And we connect via, we have a virtual course room where you get your assignments and you get the syllabus and we connect there with various um, comments and reviews of the lesson in between the weeks. And we have um, three hour sessions on the Friday and we talk and we hang out and we laugh and we we build sermons in the good confines of sisterhood and community. And we just have fun um, and it builds it builds stronger and stronger community. If you've taken a circle before a three week, um, you can take another three week when it's running. If you take in a six week, you can come back and take a six week when it's running. Um, Cause we always like to have other women come in and drop in and meet the new women. And that's how, that's how we build more community and more space. Um, and it's, it's, it's a very connected space. So this coming October, it'll be three years and we're really excited about that. Um, and so this summer we're having the Phoenix circle, which is going to be our, um, I guess our typology of a master's class, but we're not calling that. We call it the Phoenix Circle because we rise from the ashes. In the fall of September, we're going to have the first ever men's circle. Um, and so we're excited about that because men have been saying that they don't have sacred space too. Um, and so for the men who are looking for a sacred, safe space, that's going to be available for them in, in September. And then we'll have our regular fall semester in October. And October the 12th will we'll be three years. And so we're excited about that. So the registration link, um, I think, is in the comments. And we we usually cap at about 20, 25 women because we like the space to stay small and intimate. Um, so you won't necessarily be in a room with 50 of us or anything like that. It'll probably be about anywhere between we, we've been we've been usually having about 15 to 20. Um, and so we cap it kind of like 25. And, yeah, we, we have a great time. We have a great time. I love it. I love it. You um, we have what? Eight, eight minutes. We got time for another question. <laughs> you talk about um, nurturing the women in the pew. So how, how do we help the women in the pew look past patriarchy? Mm. Um, I think it also comes for me, Dr. Chalice, with education. Um, I think that for a while we have seen the pew and the and the pulpit distant and apart. But I think the same energy and the same collective that you might bring to your sermons or you bring to the pulpit, it should be the same energy and collective um, nurturing, friendliness, kindness that is that you you engage with in the pew. And so sometimes for me, 
um, I wouldn't always serve in the pulpit. Um, I didn't serve in the pulpit every Sunday. Some Sundays I would sit in the pew. So I wasn't distant from the people. And so I fully believe that leadership should smell like the people that they're serving. And if you're too far away from that, you won't. And so when you when you still are in the pew, even as clergy, there there's more opportunity for relationships to still be developed. And when you want to share with them something or you want to hold the Bible study or educate them on something that's kind of different, like womanist theology is a little different for some people, that they are they're ready to receive that because like the woman at the well, you develop a relationship before you start to tell them something new, right? And so it's always, for me, it's always about relationship. It's always about community. It's always about being communal. We have to be community. We have to be inclusive. And so if you start talking real lofty and, you know, with language that that mostly probably should be reserved for maybe seminary or conservative conversation, you know, one of the reasons why I always remind myself to bring the girl from the Bronx, because the girl from the Bronx sat in the pews first. And so there there is language and there is vernacular there. And there are things that, that you know how to do just because you got some degrees behind your name doesn't mean you should forget to speak and sound like the women in the pew. And so if you want to show them Abigail and, and and how David was ratchet with that, if you want to talk about Bathsheba, if you want to, you know, talk about the rape of Tamar and, and bring it in, in ways and lights that women understand, not and not just from this whole um, maybe clerical point of view or this leadership point of view, but bring it to like sister to sister point of view, then you should be interacting with them. And 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 that form of education just kind of comes naturally. And they'll ask you to do their prayer breakfast. So they'll ask you, you know, Dr. Chalice, can you lead us in Bible study? And when they do, right, that means they trust you because I learned that from young people too. When young people ask you to do something, you finally in their crew. <laughs> you finally... And so when they ask you, then don't disappoint, right? And don't be too busy, right? And come and, and bring some cake and bring some tea and have some conversation. Mm -hmm. Wow. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's see. This has been absolutely wonderful. I mean, I'm looking at Dr. Wright and she's like, yeah, okay. She's getting real. She's getting real with us. And and that, that shirt that she, that she purchased for you is amazing. And it, it fits is. to the it, teeth. It did. It fit. I love it. I love it. I got, I was so happy to know when I got it and it fit perfectly. Yeah. You have been, you have blessed us tremendously and um, literally been transparent and vulnerable. Yeah. Um, you're help, helping not one, but all of us, as we navigate through these, not only COVID streets, but uh, navigate through these, through ministry period. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I do want to know how, how you navigate through all of it, though, um, because you have so many hats. How do you na navigate and balance it all? Um, I, I will lean into, to be really honest, I'll lean into my gift of administration. I have a, a good gift of organization and mm -hmm. I lean into that more than anything. And and just and you guys spoke about vulnerability. So at one time I had a deep fear of intimacy. I had a deep fear of commitment and being vulnerable um, because it just didn't look cool. Right. Um, but listen, it, that doesn't save lives like people need to feel um, that you have a heart and that you have, you know, that you that you 
run warm blood in your veins. Um, and so to be vulnerable, and that's another thing I, I think I said earlier that I believe that young people should be the gateway to ministry because they do teach you how to tap into that. They need your vulnerability, right? But then you realize, oh, well, so do adults. Like, so do people who I serve. Um, they need for me to, and, and being vulnerable is not a weakness. We need to talk about what vulnerability is. Vulnerability is a superpower because it allows you to connect with people. It allows you to love on people. It allows you to do it in a way where you won't be scared whether or not you'll get hurt. You do it because whether or not you'll get hurt. You do it because you know that they need that, you know? And so what they need begins to circumvent what you need in that moment. Not always, right? But in that moment, vulnerability is freedom. It's freedom. It 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 allows you to, to say, I love you and be loved in return. Like you don't only give love out, you know how to receive love in return. And wow. so navigating those spaces, you know, Dr. Chalice, now I tend not to mess with shady folk. I don't. I tend, I'm not never really mean to anybody, but I don't, we're not having a water cooler conversation if you crazy and mean. I'm just not doing that. However, you know, we're not going to dinner or anything like that. However, I'm still going to be nice to you or whatever. Right. But I, I kind of like I was telling Dr. Brenda, I've discerned safe people and safe spaces. I met Dr. Brenda last year at Rise. We had a whole long conversation, like half an hour while getting plates of food. I had never seen her before in my life, but I knew something about her was warm and safe. Right. And so the more you are in it, vulnerability allows you to let your guard down enough to discern that when you're too guarded, your discernment is impacted. So you need to be vulnerable a little bit sometime so you can catch on when people are trying to use you or misuse you or get next to you because of who they think you know. Um, And when you let your guard down a little bit, you find there is warmth and love on the other side. And that works for for good ministry and for you. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I just knew you on on. I had just added you to my that womanness. Uh, when I saw that on Facebook, I joined. I said, "Oh, I know you! I know you! I know who you are!" I said, "I'm one of your friends." She said, "You friends?" <laughs> <laughs> well, I am now one of her friends, but I was yeah. just on her her Facebook page before. So it's been, it's been a wonderful meeting you. And that's true, because you never know where you're going to be, right? And so it it means something to be friendly. I don't know when friendliness became a curse word. It means something to be friendly. It means something to be kind to people. It don't cost you nothing, y'all, so why we don't do it more often? I'll swear. I yield back. Oh, no. That's good stuff. Wow. Well, thank you, um, Dr. Farrow, for uh, yes. being with us on today. I heard you mention the March 12th, but you said you had something in March March 20th as well. I want you to get yeah, that in before uh, before so we, we go off. Sure, yeah. We are, um, McCormick Theological Seminary is hosting a circle. So McCormick Theological Seminary will be joining Circle Nation on March mm-hmm. the 20th. And so mm-hmm. we're really excited about that, um, the Women's Advocacy Group. Um, a student, student, the women's student advocacy group of McCormick reached out and wanted to put a one-day session together, and so we're doing a um, a circle with McCormick Theological Seminary. McCormick will be our second um, institution, so we have Yale Divinity Circle, and now we'll have a McCormick Circle. So we're excited about that, and soon to have a Time of Wisdom Circle. 
Yes. And soon mm-hmm. to have a timely wisdom circle. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So partnership, I believe in partnership. Partnership, we all win in partnership. Yeah, we all win. We didn't get a chance to talk about that. But partnership is another another avenue that helps you navigate ministry. When you know where your people them are, you're not so afraid. You 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 have a little bit more wind under your wings. My girlfriends are the wind underneath my wings. They really are. Um, and so, yeah, partnerships help you and, and anyone connected to you, all of y'all level up together. Wow. Well, thank you, Dr. Farrell, for being with us on today. If you just hang around, I'm forced just for a few moments. And Dr. Bradford, if you will let our guests know who it is that we have with us on uh, next week. Can you see the excitement? Can you see the excitement? Reverend Dr. Renita Weems will be in the house. Come on in, come on in. See y'all next week. Same time, same place. Mm-hmm.